if you have been a regular participant on my shows you will know that i have an execution like an action bias like most of you i have realized that having a vision is a starting point of all meaningful work if we don't know where we are going running faster or better doesn't help right so knowing where we are going is the vision part of all execution plans most of execution assumes that the vision is in place and is worthwhile what if it isn't what if the vision is not there it is not worthwhile it's not grand enough it's not meaningful enough it doesn't do anything for humanity it doesn't do anything for society uh, those kind of questions so how do you create a vision that will engage and inspire do you need a, to be a ceo to do this or can you do it if you have a small team and you are you know just managing a function uh, we will explore all these questions today with a mind that is one of the best in the business on vision based leadership hello friends this is anshuman tiwari your host on the show manage better this show is live on linkedin live and youtube and twitter today all archives are available on my website managebetter.in please note that dot in and uh, of course my youtube channel uh, do subscribe to the channel if you like the content and you know you will obviously get more content um, Uh, more alerts or regular alerts for the next episodes um as you know this show is about getting better every day every month every year none of us have a control on where we start in life but we surely can control the journey of where we are going how do we improve every day is the theme of the uh, this show for all all of us getting better at what we do is not an option you know it, we have to get better because that's how what life is and um, this as i said this show i try and bring teachers coaches consultants and authors who deeply connect with this theme of uh, manage better so today one such guest uh, dr oleg konovolov uh, dr oleg konovolov is the i will bring him into the stream in a minute is called the da vinci of visionary leadership right? so he's the best of the best in the world today and oleg is a thinkers on the thinkers 50 radar he's global guru's top 30 ranked leader has been recognized as number 1 global thought leader on culture by thinkers 360 is number 1 global leading coach on marshall goldsmith goldsmith's uh, thinkers 50 and you know many and many other lists you know so without uh, much ado i will bring oleg into the stream welcome oleg uh, thank you for being here Hello Anshuman thank you very much for inviting me thank you much appreciated thank you no our pleasure totally i am sure the guests uh, the whole you know the audience will love the show today um just to complete uh, leg's introduction also he's been named as one of the top 10 most inspiring global thought leader by the excellent and many many more uh, accolades i would suggest those who are interested in knowing more about dr leg uh, to go to his website olegkonovolov.com uh i will share the address during the show as well so dr oleg um, or oleg as you insist i call you um over to you for some opening comments if you have any a simple comment we obliged to make our lives meaningful we are brought into this world which is pretty pretty meaningless and no one could make it for us meaningful it's our obligation to live in in happy families 
to run meaningful businesses. <laughs> we often consider it as some kind of a gift. It's not a gift. It's a focus thinking about the future. It's nothing about, oh, I might be lucky or something would happen. I would wait for that miracle. No, we are creators of that miracle. The way we think, the way we act defines how we would live tomorrow. And it's nothing restricts us. You know, it's about us defining how the future would look like. It's about us creating value for others and creating those multiple, multi-dimensional spaces that will be better than today. There is a common belief. Vision is a gift. Vision is our aspiration for the future that we strive to make a reality today. So it's nothing like being gifted for aspirations. We, I noticed when I work with uh, my clients or participants on my course, one of the first questions I'm always asking, what's where your aspirations like three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, now? We tend to ignore them. We tend to believe that we are too adults, we are too serious, we are not supposed to dream. We are not supposed to dream in real terms. We are the killers of own visions. And that's the trouble. Instead of being inspiring for others, we're saying, no, 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 I wouldn't do it. That makes a whole lot of difference. Are you prepared to live in the past which is not usually very good. Instead of creating something brilliant for tomorrow, that's very different. So everything we have for the future, we already have it. We have it in our minds, we have it in our hands, and this is about how we think. Vision is our way of thinking that would define our happiness, satisfaction, and even evolution. And that is the greatest legacy that we could leave for the next generation because we will help them to live their life in a meaningful way. That is what I want to say. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's an awesome start to the session, uh, like, because like you said, getting better is not a choice it is it's not an option we have to get better for for the sake of our own generation for larger humanity every generation and and these days i i study i've been studying a lot about human history anthropology and you know how different cultures evolved one thing is very common across the world in most cultures which evolved and and this is this is from a time thousands of years ago when there was no communication between parts of the world but the generations and the tribes which survived, they survived because of collaboration and cooperation and the will to go forward because everybody else was killing each other and eating them up, right? So the, the others were killing and each, eating um, each other up. So that's a, that's a good start to the show. Uh, that probably brings me to one um, Im important question that almost everybody I spoke to, I spoke to some people, um, you know, while preparing for the show as to what should I ask 
um, Oleg. And uh, one common theme was around why is having a vision so important? Why can't we be just working hard and you know making sure that we are doing what is required and we um, we we will get there? You know why is having a vision so so critical to effective leadership or to leadership itself? Actually, it's a great question because it continues your previous notion. Vision is not a choice. Vision is a decision to live differently. Even as you mentioned those historical pivots, they all came up as a result of a firm decisions to do something or live differently. But yes, that is very important when we understand why vision is important. There are six reasons. First, vision defines our highest purpose. So we know where we go, where we fully focus ourselves, where we fully commit ourselves. Vision defines our why. Why I wake up in the morning to do something, why I'm going to office, why, in fact, what I do for people. Vision defines what kind of future we will live. And of course, vision is about, could be viewed as a greatest ladder to success. I'm not talking local, global, to be successful, to see the results of your commitment. Vision is very important if you want to break out of negativity or from non-satisfactory present. And you can't break out without knowing where to go. Otherwise, you will be getting from one trap to another trap. <laughs> and of course, vision is a huge magnet for people. It's huge uniting force. But I would add one more thing. Vision defines your lifestyle in a way how you think, how you act. So you're not acting snobby. You're acting beyond yourself. And this is quite important. When you start realizing the importance of vision, you would realize that, okay, vision is the second most critical asset after the life itself. Life is our greatest asset. But vision is our second asset. And I'm always asking, would you fight for that second asset? Or the second most important asset as for your life? Of course. And that is a simple. This is where, you know, it's not only direction, it's the whole range of things like being meaningful, living meaningfully, living to the best of your abilities, create something for others. And that is something you would really feel committed. And when you see the results of it, you are really, truly satisfied. Therefore, vision is critical. I talked about the importance of vision to 19 brilliant visionaries across the globe. Marshall Goldsmith is famous. He is a father of uh, executive coaching. David Katz, Gary Rich, Amit Kapoor. Uh, you know, people from... India to Canada, from U.S. to Arab Emirates, you know, from different countries. And they're all 
confirm the same thing. Unless we understand why vision is important, we're taking it as a meaningless term. So get ready why it is important. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, so. So you, this is a good segue because you know you mentioned you spoke to several global leaders, nineteen of them, and uh, including Marshall Goldsmith. Um, but but I I was trying to move now to uh, you know making this a little bit more real. So of course, like you like you pointed out, vision is not a choice. We owe it to the generation. We owe owe it to everybody else who's around us. Society has given the uh, responsibility to some people who who have seen this uh, uh, truth and it is our therefore responsibility to take it further right so i'd see it that way right so it's it's not a burden it's it's a responsibility for some of us who have probably seen it a little in a better more um, more useful way so i just thought uh, you know for my audience if we can make it a little bit more real uh, oleg that um, any examples you know because examples stories you know, excite people. So any examples of leading companies uh, or leading organizations um, uh, which benefited from visionary leadership? And if you have some um, and you're willing to share some examples of companies or organizations that failed um, because of this absence of a vision. I will start in reverse. 50 years ago, an average span lifespan of a large corporation was about 75 years. Today, a lifespan, average lifespan of a large corporation is only 15 years ago. And I'm strongly related to the lack of vision. They're trying to create products, but they don't have actual vision. And uh, I'm in conversation with quite a few largest IT companies of today world that are struggling because they lost their vision and they're immediately losing their positions. As opposite, of course, it comes what vision could give you in practical terms. WD-40, this fame company with this famous spray with all of us using it at home or in garages, even Formula One using it. The highest the almost a monoproduct, WD-40. The company is capitalized at $2.7 billion. People from all over the world supporting it. It's exported into 176 countries. And this company has the highest engage, employee engagement rate, 96%. This is highest in the world. So people are really happy to work at this company, which is a big company. Uh, it's about vision. India. I'm really delighted and honored to collaborate with Professor Amit Kapoor. He is a founder and uh, chairman of Institute for Competitiveness of India. He takes care of geo-economical development of India. So his aims are even beyond today. It's about how to make India really flourishing. 
and they are quite successful in, at the initiatives because they do everything not for themselves but for people and of course they are getting a lot of support plastic bank it's a fantastic social enterprise that takes care of cleaning the world ocean from the plastic waste at the same time uh, helping people to get out of poverty people collecting plastic uh, plastic bank buys it as for electronic money. They're paying for food, schooling, shelter, healthcare, Wi-Fi for everything, and they're helping thousands and thousands and thousands of people to live better every day in the ocean to become cleaner. So we could, of course, we know cases uh, or examples of Tesla or SpaceX. But there are a lot of companies around us that that really meaningful, that really live by their vision. And they are really, really becoming like lighthouses for, for all of us. And that is so exciting, I will tell you between us, to talk with these people because you get inspired in a matter of minutes because it's so powerful. It really gets everything around them. That's phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's some unusual examples, and this is this is something that you know I, I would like to highlight to my audience as well. That vision is not just about that shiny next phone that we all want. There is there is a lot more to this world that needs to be done. You know, like cleaning the oceans. You know. Uh, helping other people if we can't helping other people alleviate or reduce poverty across the world so there is a lot more about vision than you know running your company or running more uh, running your department and we all can make a difference and that's that's the uh, that's the reason why i thought dr oleg konavolo will be a awesome speaker on the show because you know i do want to expand this topic that it is not just about what we do at work and what we do to make a living there is uh, a lot more uh, than that in the world. You see, uh, we could look from a very simple perspective. Vision comes when your conscious awareness of a problem you want to solve for the benefit of others reaches its peak. If we think about living in a happy family, it's not thinking about me, it's about thinking about my partner. How she would live. Would she be happy? And so... Supporting each other, caring of each other, growing together. When we talk about business, in terms of how your business is meaningful, what kind of a problem do you want really to solve for the benefit of your customers? It's nothing about the bottom line. It's about people being satisfied. If they're satisfied, you will be well off because they will be happy customers paying money for your service for your product or whatever you do you know that's quite important to go beyond yourself for a benefit of others yeah and, and there's nobody else in the world today who can put this better than you can uh, so I, I definitely relate with this aspect of going beyond right and, and there's no greater joy in this world if we can help somebody Yes, in, in a small way, in a more bigger way, whatever way. Look, it's not nothing about talking, oh, I will take my last 
short and I'll give it to others. No, it's about true altruistic with a benefit for others. It's but it's nothing about I want to be millionaire or billionaire because who would support you? Who would care about your personal things? But if you would say, hey guys, I want all of us to be better, then you will get support. Then you will have resources. You those resources will come to you. You clearly know what you need. It's nothing to be, I want to be better than everyone, everyone else. No, I want all of us to be better. I have a group of clients and participants, people who are trained, and we have a simple principle. We're here to reveal the greatness of each other. So it's nothing about who is better. It's about all of us being better. Yeah, that's that's really well said. You know, if all of us get better, then we also raise the the average level of you know all of us together. So, yeah, yeah um, that actually brings me. You know, you spoke a little bit about your book um, briefly when you mentioned that you spoke to nineteen um, global leaders. So let's do that a little bit. Yeah, that's the book. Uh, so yeah. you know, for the uh, is- yeah. <laughs> And this is already, you know, doing really, really well across the world. Um, um, also, also in India now. And of course, I I tried the Kindle version and uh, available across Amazon and other bookstores as well. But the question I wanted to present to you, Oleg, is more about why did this book happen and how did it happen? You know, is more important. So I'm more interested actually in the why because uh, the the how is probably easier to understand, and I, I'm sure you will speak about it, but the why and how. So tell us a bit more about the book and why and how did it happen? And then let's let's hear from the you know horse's mouth. <laughs> Thank you. This book started with me asking myself ages ago, more than 20 years ago. I have started asking myself, why do I live and where do I go? and what I do at this world. I was looking for these answers and and realized, okay, it's about vision what I would do in this life. And then it's what immediately struck me. We know nothing about vision. We, We are talking about mission statements. We talk about goals. We can't even articulate what vision is in a clear sense and so it was impossible to find any information how to apply it how to create it so it was nothing about it and i then i decided okay i will take a bold bet i will research it i i decided for myself it wasn't a choice it was a decision that i will go beyond myself and i will turn i will try to find what vision is, what's nature of it, and how to present vision as a practical business tool. And I did it. Because when you know that you're creating something important for the future, the future will help you to find the answers. So I was looking for something important for our future, and the future probably helped me. It, I was you know, connected with brilliant people from across the globe. I was getting right answers. 
but it still took quite a few years to find those things together. It's not about how quickly you could write the book in a few months or so. No, it's about how quickly you could create it as a system which is very simple and practical. So my aim was simple. Make vision as the most powerful tool for every leader, for every person who is thinking about the future. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting. So I think I'm glad you answered the why part because you know that's uh, usually I I speak to, when I speak to authors I'm very interested in why uh, the how is usually you know you get around it and you know you, there's a method to writing a book it takes some, some people take five years some people take five months but um, usually the process is similar I notice um, but the why is very different for everybody really so I think um, thanks for that. And you also did mention some people that you spoke to, so thanks. Oh, yeah. yeah. You see, vision is, it's not your soul product. It's not nothing you soul. You learn from others. You listen to others. Uh, you collaborate with others when you create a vision. And for a vision to be real vision, you must share it with others as quickly as possible. You must make others the co-owners of vision. You see, a very important aspect when you work on your vision, it's not about what you would do with it. It's about how your vision will impact you. So you must create it so strong that it will impact others in a good way. It will inspire others. And they will become the sources of inspiration for others in own terms. So it's an incredible effect. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit mesmerized, but uh, moving on to the uh, next uh, piece of questions. Um, uh, and, and this is my belief that, you know, and I'm not anti-leadership or anything, um, but I do believe that, you know, 99.99% of people uh, who go every day to work, and, and not in these days, but, you know, who, who work for a living, are actually executing a vision that was set, right? Of course, they are part of that vision. They are part of, they are making a difference. Uh, but there is a vision which they are now executing. And there needs to be a vision in that as well, because unless I'm invested in that vision, I will not be able to execute it properly. So my question, therefore, is that for the 99.99% of the workforce who actually are more deeply invested in implementation or execution what is the message message that your book and your work vision code carries for such people who are invested in implementation and execution i'm sure there is a link but i thought uh, to ask you that's true thank you vision is not important or not necessary for people who do they work from eight to five at factory at air factory but vision is critical for any knowledge worker so manager leader for somebody who defines where other people should go because leadership is not only for selected few leadership is about showing people where we go how we will get there and therefore we need to have vision Vision is critical at any level, even if you're middle manager or senior manager or top manager. 
doesn't matter. You must have a vision. You got to have your vision, which really fits into overall corporate vision. But you must understand how do you live your life and why do you do this work to make it more meaningful. It's nothing about producing sweat. It's about producing meaning. And that is quite important. You must understand how it works. If you understand how it works, you will support somebody else's vision or you will create your own and you will go for your own way or you would contribute it to your company, would make your company stronger. And this is quite important. So it's not only for the C-suite, it's for everyone. I know even a case, already a few cases, when departments which were strong together, they created own vision and their visions were adapted by the headquarter. So it's how you could contribute to that one. But what's important to remember that most often people are not following the, that vision because it's not actually a vision. It doesn't inspire them. If it's vision, in fact, is bigger than you or me, it's bigger than the organization, therefore people are really pulled into it. If they are not inspired by it, it's not a vision. It's just a statement. And therefore they're saying, oh yeah, what's in it for me? Why I should commit myself? And therefore it must be revised. Before we talk, why people are not buying it? Thank you. Yeah, I think... Um... I like the part that, you know, vision, uh, you know, the, the otherwise it's a statement. If, if people don't relate and don't get inspired and inspired and engaged is a word I often use because if people don't believe people are not inspired by the vision, they are not engaged, they are not giving what they can. And then it becomes that framed, you know, something like behind me, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, uh, stuff on the wall, which um, when there is a visitor or a audit or an assessment, you will show, okay, this is my vision. And um, it means nothing more than that. And the best companies, and I, I often go to, and some of the, my audience, and I'm sure you relate to this, that when Sony became Sony in the 70s, you know, the, the major, um, of course, today it's a totally different company, but there was about a 25 year period, which they completely ruled the <laughs> consumer electronics world. And um, they did not really have a vision at that point because they said that we we are okay with serving customers. And in fact, their vision statement did not have a word customer also in it. Uh, they were a little ahead of their time. And they were comfortable with that because they were delivering on that. And that's sometimes very engaging and inspiring for their uh, population. So there is this sometimes this fashion or a, or a trend that you know it should have the word innovation, it should have the word customer, and there you go, you have a fantastic vision statement. Uh, but some of the world's best um, vision-based companies, including Sony, um, never did have a word customer in their vision statement for many, many years. Now things may be different, but in their heydays, you know, they didn't have it. Um, so it still works. Yeah, and but here we need to consider your vision should evolve. Your vision should be revitalized. It should grow. And as we learn, Sony was a great example of, you know, of trying to create it in a good sense. But think of a Disney. They are brilliant. They yeah. do it in a great way. 
you know, and there's a great example, really being focused on people and making their life experience, their entertainment is very differently. Not much has changed in their vision. They're just making it stronger, stronger and stronger, but in the same direction. And we are all, you know, just watching them with a great pleasure of visiting their parks. That's great. Yeah, and, and by some coincidence, Disney is probably the most repeated company on my show in terms of, you know, citing, you know, almost everybody, including me, all of us mm -hmm. are fans because, you know, they've just remained yeah. consistent. Uh, their standards have not dipped over the years and, you know, they've just gone from strength to strength. And, um, yeah, it's awesome. Still, you know, with the entertainment industry, the competition is fierce. But think of the National Geographic. We're all watching them. And they're yeah. doing amazing products, amazing programs. And we learn, all of us will learn from them. And that is incredible. We're looking for solutions beyond today, beyond ourselves. And we are raising that standards. Therefore, I'm saying it defines our evolution. If we'll be producing the same things again and again, we would not evolve. <laughs> we know we're evolution. Yeah, absolutely said. Uh, well said, sir. Last question from my side before we get into the audience questions. And this may be a little bit of a trick question for you. Um, we will, of course, recommend that everybody reads your book, right? But Thank what you. are the books that you read? Uh, and what, what lead, which leadership gurus work has influenced your thinking and work and if you had to recommend one book or you know one reading resource which one will you recommend i've really inspired or greatly uh, greatly impacted by the works of peter drucker i love what he does uh, oh did and is uh, amazing i learned a lot from marshall goldsmith a lot from his book, What Got You Here Wouldn't Get You There, Triggers, Mojo. Yet, if I want to find something more meaningful and challenging myself, I love reading Paolo Coelho. You know, I love reading Terry Project. It's about making, setting yours into two things a multidimensionality of thinking and about being wise. Because it's not about repeating somebody else's work. It's about creating own spaces. And that's important for you to be really inspired, really wise, and really brave to break into new areas. This is my approach. And this is from where I learned from all those people. Thank you. Vision is a multidimensional space in the future that we strive to live. And therefore, we attract people, we create it. It's very pragmatic. It's very functional. I have a vision viability test which stands on the six criteria how to test it. Okay, cool. Therefore, it is investable. It is practical, realistic, executable. Vision statement, mission statement is more of uh, about of our social impact or what kind of an impact we will have on a society along this journey. 
And of course, it's not about goals. To reach our, to achieve a vision, we must reach certain or a number of different goals, which are finite. I completed something, we reached that level of technology, we're moving to the next level of technology. So we're resetting our goals, but the vision is still there. And therefore, it is important to consider those six elements. Why vision we could see as pragmatic. First one is stimulus. What's in it for people? Because it's about leadership. I'm acting for people. I'm acting with people and for their needs. So, in fact, what is the value for people in your vision? It's about scale. How it will grow, not because of artificial expansion. It's about where and how you will be adding value again and again and again for your vision to grow. It's about Spotlight, spotlight, it's our responsibility. We're all putting our skin into the game because if we have a vision, we're responsible because we're impacting people's life. It's about scanning. I must be relevant. How your approach and what do you want to solve is relevant to now and to the future. So you must be grounded. And of course, it's about simplicity because vision is an elegant thinking about complicated things. If it's not simple, people wouldn't buy it. They wouldn't understand it. We all of us attempt to ignore complicated things. If I see a complicated app, I wouldn't touch it. You know. And of course, it's about excitement and passion because it's about touching people's hearts. It's about not just knocking their minds. It's about opening hearts. And this is where we, if it's really strong vision, we all of us will become multipliers of that passion. So if you go through these six elements, and there, there are certain questions in my book about this, we could see that difference because none of the, those mission statements will pass that test. From my childhood, I was very keen to explore something. And of course, at the later stage, it's, 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 I got into area of exploring a new terrains and new fields in leadership, for instance, or in leadership thinking. At a certain point, we're killing that child within us. We're thinking, no, we're too serious. We're too adults. No, 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 I shouldn't be good, you know, or I should care of of immediate things like food, shelter, and things like that. But those who are able to preserve that child within ourselves would become a visionary a bit quicker. So, but it's still possible to do. That's quite important. Another thing is every generation insists own kids to repeat their own mistakes like parents saying to kids oh you shouldn't do it you should be behave differently then those kids will insist to their kids behave that way instead of inspiring so we are the killers of the dreams of our kids as well yeah, very profound. Uh, Margaret, I hope uh, you had some pointers to uh, the question you had asked. Um, 
and uh, moving on uh, very interesting question it's on the screen as well uh, like um, bakari abu bakar from africa he's um, he very keenly follows this show can we get a listing of books that oleg gets his multi dimensional thinking from so obviously he's <laughs> uh, he's a fan and um, so you know any response to this or anything that you maybe you could write a blog or something with the i probably need to write about it because <laughs> the list would be quite long very long and quite surprising because it could be something very classical to something very strange but also yeah. i'm learning a lot from nature i love go fishing somewhere in arctic lives half of my life in arctic and when you go on your own fishing you becoming a part of that nature and nature is the greatest teacher you learn from nature you watch it and of course I believe people today people must be bookwise learning from the lessons of others streetwise not only in terms how to fight on the streets or be quick on on your own no but how to meet people and learn from people listen to them and of course we must be nature wise because nature is the wisest thing on the earth and we should learn from it there you It's go far okay. beyond bakari um, you know there is your answer uh, one you. question from um, i'm just trying to cover different questions uh, so that we can mihail from bulgaria he wants to know can you name one fatal mistake that is most commonly seen in various vision that or statements or you know oh, code cool. you see great question it's about proclaiming your ego we want to be the best company in the world uh, you can't be the best you can't be the most valuable for your customers or for your employees then you will get result but being number one in something oh we want to be the wealthiest company or we want to be highest in turnover company we want to be a company of billion or 1 billion dollar company that something that people immediately saying goodbye i'm not interested because it's nothing for me in it there you go mihail um, i almost expected this answer but uh, but great question like uh, viren shukla a professor with the uh, leading management institutes in india he wants to know how do we facilitate common people creating a vision for themselves and live meaningfully i, I think this is this is very common for all of us attending the show is that Uh, like i said not all of us can claim to be in that 0.01% right so we are no. living the 99.99% life and like uh, professor uh, shukla it's says about, it's about great communication if you have a strong vision it must be communicated even stronger hmm. you must talk to people not send them emails which is good but you still need to talk to people you as i mentioned you must make people realize that they are co-owners of vision they must be able to contribute to it in one way or another and what is more important they must see that they will get the rewards of it they will benefit from that vision they are not the slaves of that vision they are co-creators of it and so they are co-owners of it they are co-owners because they are getting the results of it i have through 
I have been through a very tough period of life myself. And I was sitting and I just like was really, really tough. I lost almost everything. And I was, uh, I sat down and I realized, I do remember this moment very, very well. What is greater, my problems or my goals? When you realize that your goals are greater than your problems, you will get them. Because if you think now that pandemic would stop everything, you're wrong. But your great goals to be fantastic economy where all people would benefit from it would make that difference. And it would make it possible. So vision is not, or being a visionary is not about looking for problems and talking about problems all the time. It's about looking for solutions and talk solutions. Very profound. I think um, all of us have our own problems in our own ways and so do, so do countries. Right? So some are greater problems and, you know, those who haven't um, read the book uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, that yeah. is the most uh, amazing book about how you can be through the worst in the life and yeah. still come out and live a life which helped others, you know. His all life, rest of his life after the concentration camps was yeah. dedicated to helping everybody else. And I am always reminded of um, his message, you know, his, his, his search for meaning. And yeah. uh, that's pretty much what you said, uh, Doctor. So that, I think, is, is bringing our um, show to an end. And um, thank you once again, uh, Doctor, uh, uh, for, for this wonderful session. Namaste. And um, I think this, this, this has been a masterclass for me as well. And uh, like I say, uh, and during the pre-show, we were chatting around and said, you know, uh, I'm the luckiest one in this all conversation <laughs> because I'm learning the most. Uh, and, um, you know, and thank you for being a wonderful teacher. Dr. Konoglo, thank you once again. And uh, to all my audience, uh, till the next time, manage better.